This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, the protesters are a huge problem. I don't know if you know this. We go into the new uh, media accusations against them, and we talk about how the media is actually treating this pandemic themselves they're telling us to all stay in our homes what are they doing george stephanopoulos and chris cuomo two amazing examples that we get into today charlie girk from turning point usa uh, joins us he is the subject of a uh, pretty harsh piece by the new york times uh, we'll go into uh, the reaction of as to how the media is looking at him and his relation to uh, these protests cheryl Atkinson goes with us uh, to talk about facebook and the way that they are uh, fact-checking, quote-unquote, all of the uh, news of the day. And uh, we uh, go through the coronavirus update and talk about um, the bizarre Glenn story uh, about the origins of hydroxychloroquine. And every once in a while, Glenn comes up with one of these stories. Is this one actually accurate? You hear the story, and we fact-check it live uh, in hour three today of the program. Don't forget to go to blazetv.com slash Glenn and sign up. Use the promo code Glenn. You're going to save 30 bucks. our biggest savings ever. And if you are looking for a little quarantine reading, you still got a couple weeks left, probably not open yet in your state, go to uh, Amazon or glennbeck.com and buy the new book, Glenn Beck's Arguing with Socialists. We know we're going to need these arguments once this quarantine passes because they are going to be coming hardcore afterwards. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast and rate and review, as well as Stu Does America, another fantastic option for your podcast needs. Uh, go subscribe there now as well. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right, real quick, let me just go through some of the numbers. Uh, total confirmed cases worldwide. We're almost at 2.5 million. Uh, we are up about 2,100 in deaths worldwide. The U.S. now has 792,938 confirmed cases, and we're up about 2,000 deaths overnight. The U.S. currently has 13,951 people in serious or critical condition, up slightly, about 600 from yesterday. Now, let me give you some of the other news and try to show you what's coming over the horizon, because I think some of these things, well, they they all tie together uh, and what we're looking at uh, going forward. First of all, I've been telling you about meat prices. Meat prices are going to go up. It will be temporary. But they will go up. The National Guard has just been deployed to two meat processing plants in Iowa. After the Smithfield meat plant was closed in North Dakota last week, workers from uh, Smithfield were apparently hired by JBS National Beef Beef Packing Company. Tyson's Food also had an outbreak and is closing one of its Iowa plants, the meat processing plant. 
The National Guard is expected to help with testing and medical care of the workers in an attempt to try to get the food processing plants back online more quickly. The Iowa meat packers produce about a third of the nation's pork and 15 percent of our beef. So with the two plants uh, going out in Iowa and then the the plant, the Smithfield plant up in North Dakota, you're looking at about 50 percent of all of the pork in America offline. Uh, This means that something we haven't seen, I think, since the Great Depression, hog farmers may be forced to euthanize and just bury their hogs. Even the FDA, even if the FDA buys hogs from farmers without production plants to slaughter and the process, the meat, the animals are going to have to be put down. (sighs) Let's see. Let's go for Vladimir Putin for the win. West Texas oil crashes 300 percent to negative forty one dollars per barrel. I know this doesn't make sense, but I make sense of it in the podcast. You can hear today's podcast wherever you get podcasts. It's an hour or two of the show where I explain what happened yesterday. It's really important that you you understand um, and and how it works, because it's going to happen again. This is the first time that it's ever happened in history. It's going to happen again, probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, This is all coming from Russia. And Saudi Arabia, Russia threatened to just open up their their lines and pump 20 percent more oil. Uh, This is before covid hit. Saudi Arabia said, really, we'll outlast you. They just open up full bore. Then covid hit and there was way too much oil. We're not driving. We're not using heating oil. Um, The price result is uh, the price for fuel and oil has dropped 35 percent. We're not at the bottom yet. Trump has temporarily suspended immigration into the U.S. Now, this comes from uh, a story that we have been talking about here for a while. These countries in South America and Mexico have not prepared for this at all. They have not hit their peak yet. Uh, They are going to be in serious, serious trouble. We as a nation should help them in any way we can, but we should not have open borders. Anybody who right now is complaining that these people on the streets going to church, they're going to get everybody sick, are going to be exactly the same people who are telling us that we have to let Mexicans and and people on our border in to flood our hospitals. It will be disastrous. It will be disastrous for the president and PR because you know exactly how the press is going to handle it. Uh, It will be a disaster for our hospitals. It will be disaster for everything all around, including the people on the borders. Uh, Keep your eye on this. Eight out of 10 Americans want immigration to stop right now for the U.S. So this is not a bunch of xenophobes. This is eight out of 10 Americans say stop it right now. If our government will listen to the people, which they don't have a habit of doing at all, we can avoid more pain and suffering and trouble. But that is not going to happen. Second night of riots in Paris happened yesterday because of the racist police locking down communities. I'm only pointing this out because 
France is ahead of us. The same kind of stuff is going to be happening here in our streets by the same kind of socialist uh, fomenters of, of revolution. The states now are burning through their cash for unemployment payments. Uh, what does that mean? That means all of their pensions, all of the things that they promised everybody, and we all knew would collapse. We all said we wouldn't pay for because they made their choice. I live in Texas for a reason. I didn't help make that choice. I knew that was insane in California when you started it. Well, now because of coronavirus, they're burning through all that cash for unemployment, and they're all going to come to the federal government for a handout, and the federal government will bail them out. This is not going to sit well with people who played the game, played by the rules and now are having their money taken from them in taxes, also taken from them through inflation, which will come after deflation. Listen to last hour for more information on that. Another thing that we're going to have a problem with, there is a coronavirus crime wave that looks like it is starting to happen now uh, because we have released so many prisoners. This crime wave is already sweeping other parts of the world, and it is going to come here. And the people will beg for the top to come down. Meanwhile, Mark Zuckerberg uh, is is saying that uh, anybody who is organizing these lockdown protests are spreading misinformation and he is going to be banning all of that misinformation. This is also going to add to a very toxic stew that Americans are not going to sit for. We don't believe the media. You're now taking a, an organization like Facebook and they are coupling with the WHO. They're coupling with the UN and they're coupling with governments here and abroad. And they are silencing the voices of people who happen to disagree. Uh, this is not going to end well for anybody. Uh, meanwhile, in China, China now is saying that American democracy is dying, declaring Washington is no match for China. Uh, it's a dying a democracy. It spread to the U.S. And in the U.S., it's it's almost as if the U.S. is a primitive society. It shouldn't have been like this if the U.S. had the slightest science and organization. To put it bluntly, according to the Chinese, the U.S. is no match for China in terms of anti-epidemic organization and mobilization. The U.S. political system has been hit by the pandemic on its weak side, and we were willing to show understanding for that. After all, every system has its weaknesses. Buckle up. Things are not going to go well with China. What we have coming is the crushing of the American entrepreneur, the crushing of 48% of the workforce that works for a small local business, the implosion of trust with the media and with the government, 
an implosion of trust on social media and any of these outlets. We have a colossal loss of jobs. We're going to have hunger and uh, people out of housing, homelessness. It is coming our way. It is so critical that you don't play into any of the anger or the hatred. If we are to survive, we need to help each other. If we are to survive, we need to double our efforts on feeding each other, healing each other, helping each other, teaching each other. Everyone is going to come with a solution. Everyone is going to come with a solution. There is only one solution. And hopefully you're finding that right now at home. Your solution lies in your own family and in your own neighbors. All of this stuff with politics doesn't mean diddly squat to you in your home right now. What does matter is getting back to work so you can feed your family. What does matter is how your family is doing and the education that they have. What does matter is you being able to reach out to your family. All of the other stuff is meaningless. It's non-essential. If we don't reach out to one another and we don't bolster one another and we don't do it with uh, and we, we do it with cheer and uh, light uh, light hearts and we do it with compassion. Darkness will win. There is a concerted effort. To manage you. To make sure that. Your voice doesn't spread if it is out of step with those whose voices count. There is a concerted effort now to just dismiss those little entrepreneurs. But they don't make a difference. I mean, okay, maybe Sonic. I mean, we can't lose Sonic and we, we can't lose Starbucks. But what? They have a little store where? What? That's who the majority of Americans, or 48% of Americans, work for. The little guy that is having a hard time getting a loan right now. If they break the back of our spirit of entrepreneurship, if they break the back of the local business, that's what set America apart. That's the American dream, to be able to chart your own course, not to be successful, but to chart your own course that cannot be broken. Hard times made us, and they will make us again. We will be stronger as we come out the other side of this, but it's going to be a slog 
But as long as we have one another, America will come through it. And we will once again be the wonder of the world. Around my house, we've been cooking a lot more these days. And dad's behind the grill. It's a great way to stay close as a family. Actually, my son and I are enjoying cooking the evening meal. Uh, We are smoking meats. Yes, we're practically professionals. Actually, don't tell anybody. It's really, really simple with a a Rectech grill because we turn it on, set the temperature, put the meat in, come back five hours later, and then everybody raves. It's a game changer for your family. It's a Rectech grill. It goes way above and beyond with the grilling experience. It's a Wi-Fi based smart technology, multiple temperature sensors to ensure that you're going to get a smooth, even cooking experience. No charcoals, no gas, nothing. You're cooking with wood, but you're not hauling the wood in. You have to just check this out. And enter today for your chance to win the same grill that I use with Rectech's Father's Day contest. Go to rectechgrills.com slash back. That's rectechgrills with an S dot com slash back. Hello and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. This week, the Chairman Mauis uh, will be given out uh, our Maui Awards, which are just it's a beautiful statue of Chairman Mao made in China. Uh, they are gorgeous, and uh, of course, a lot of sheriffs, uh, police officers, mayors, governors have been vying for this coveted Maui Award, Chairman Maui Award, uh, and we will be presenting that. You can vote uh, for your uh, your local or state or national dictator wannabe. Uh, at glenbeck.com you can follow me at twitter uh, or on facebook we have those awards in the different categories uh all of those uh, available for you now to vote on you know best arrest by an ensemble and uh, best use of police resources i mean there's some really there's some really good stuff there uh, best achievement in a criminal takedown um so you you just don't want to you just don't want to miss the Maui's this year. We'll be presenting them uh, on the radio here in just a couple of days. So get your votes in for your consideration. I want to bring in Charlie Kirk. He is the founder and president of Turning Point USA. He is being accused of of starting all of these all of these protests all over the country. Charlie, what are you doing, man? How, how dare I talk about? You know, how I know. people should exercise their First Amendment. Honor to be here, Glenn. Good morning. Um, yeah. You know, I, it's, it's incredible. I, I said last week, uh, I hope that the students of America participate in peaceful rebellion. The operative word there mm. is peaceful, Glenn. Um, mm. And, and the, the media seemed to uh, find a lot of issue with that. And I even went oh, as far to say, socially distance yourself, wear masks, be respectful. Uh, but I did say that I believe it is it is uniquely American. It is a moral thing to do to rise up against tyranny. I mean, let's take California, mm-hmm. for example, especially Ventura County. In Ventura County, on Easter Sunday, you could go through a drive through fast food restaurant or a drive through marijuana dispensary with no issue at all from the Ventura County ruling class. But you could not go get drive through communion. You could go to a home improvement store on Easter Sunday with hundreds of people in the store, and who knows how many mm-hmm. people might have gotten contaminated. But you could not have 10 people peacefully congregate on Easter Sunday in a congregation or in a church to celebrate the holiest day on our, 
our Christian calendar. So it's long overdue, Glenn. And again, it's peaceful rebellion. I'm not calling for any sort of the nonsense the leftist media is accusing us of supporting. But I think it is I'm so tired of it. I, I, oh, yeah. I am so tired of their double standard. I mean, I remember when uh, Palin said that we were targeting a district and everybody knew exactly what they said. And then they did two weeks of how dare her say targeting. Meanwhile, you have people uh, just this week that have said, you know, the GOP, all these people, I hope they die. Uh, we should drag them off to uh, uh, to warehouses and lock them in and let them all let nature take its course. I mean, they're actually talking about violence uh, and the media just doesn't seem to care. So I don't really care what the media says anymore. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah. And Glenn, here's a really important point, too, which is just to kind of highlight the left's double standard. And if the left didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have standards at all, which is the, when, when the left was in the street, <laughs> when the left was in the streets violently protesting after President Trump's yes. inauguration, they were called heroes. When Madonna yes. was up saying that we have to bomb the White House, she was called a hero. Uh, when Antifa has been in the streets for years now uh, wearing masks, and they weren't wearing masks because they were worried about catching the Chinese coronavirus. They were wearing masks mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons, mostly anonymity and cowardice. The left called them, including some anchors on CNN, wonderful pro-democracy, anti-fascist protesters. And yet you have constitutional patriots that are rising up peacefully and abiding by the guidelines saying to these, these Democrat governors enough. Why is it that you've shut down our gun shops, but you've kept the abortion clinics open? Why is it we can't go to church? And Glenn, the final Mm -hmm. thing I'll say in this is I think it's a good thing for those Americans that weren't around in the tea party movement to kind of get a flavor of this, because that's where I cut my political teeth, listening to your show, going to your rallies, and I think there's something uniquely American, something so special to see Americans go peacefully rally around the foundational ideas of liberty, freedom, and constitutionally limited government. So, Charlie, uh, let me ask you this. Um, we have been, <clears throat> we have just sent <clears throat> today, I think, almost 400,000 meals uh, I've been sent by my audience up to uh, Detroit, where they are really, really suffering. Um, we have another tractor trailer that's being loaded today, uh, and we'll have more on that uh, coming up if you happen to be following this saga. Um, but there are people that are really hurting, and I, I, I would like to talk to you uh, about partnering with your group uh, and targeting cities and targeting areas that are really truly struggling and just don't have any help i mean we're talking at the bottom of the ladder that as i was talking to a state rep out of detroit um karen whitsett i think you know her um i said to uh i said to her you know we we, you know you we you're you're not lacking you're you're lacking food and she said you know we're also lacking stoves we don't these people don't even have stoves so it's you know it's a, it's the worst of the worst the bottom of the barrel uh when it comes to need and i think we can make a big impact in the country by doing good and actually being there for people who need us not not all this lip service from washington well, I, we'd love to do it, Glenn, and we, we could talk offline about that. And last week, we hosted one of the largest blood drives 
uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, around the same type of idea at Turning Point USA headquarters. Socially distanced, of course, wearing masks. Uh, and we're just trying to mobilize where we can uh, to help our fellow Americans. And I think you bring up a really important point, Glenn, that the media is not talking about, which is I would make the argument when all is said and done, the biggest impact, the, the thing that moves the dial the most is going to be Americans helping Americans, churching, churches helping yep. people, charities like you helping people, not the government, not multi-trillion dollar spending packages, not free cash in your bank account. It's going to be the partnership of fellow Americans voluntarily assisting our fellow citizens. And look, if we wanted a huge social welfare state, we'd go to Europe for that. And I think, Charlie, that the the left knows this. It's why the the Uber left is trying to turn us against each other and rat on your neighbor. It's our neighbor that is going to help us, not rat on us. Uh, And somebody's got to be standing and holding a light going in the opposite direction of rat on your neighbor, turn them in, uh, and turn to the government for help. I don't want the government's help, and I don't think uh, most Americans want the government's help. No doubt, and, and this is this is so important because n- not every country will has has this type of citizenry that will rise up in the times of crisis. It's built into right. our spirit. It's built into our history, Glenn. We should have we should appreciate it, and we should advertise the the fact that we have a voluntary. Uh, philanthropy and a spirit and generosity and benevolency in our country that is so unique. And to your point, I mean, look, the, the government in, in a lot of sense, in a lot of these states has tried to play big brother. They've tried to be the solving agent of all these things. And you start to see the peaceful backlash against that, rightfully so. And you, it's really interesting because the left always wants division. The, the left, the, they know the more they can divide human beings and human beings, it gives them a license to be able to get to ultimate political power. Well, they're able to divide mm-hmm. people when you're literally not able to communicate with your fellow neighbor, your citizen, because they have you domiciled and quarantined within your homes. And so I think what you're doing, Glenn, is so c- wonderful. It's brilliant. It's moral. And, and we'd love to help. And I hope more Americans step up so, to help our fellow citizens in a time of need. Are you concerned at all, especially since you've built uh, this this gigantic uh, movement on social media? Are you concerned at all about how Facebook has now taken the the position that they will kick anybody off that's talking about any of these these movements, um, any of these, you know, uh, gatherings where they're saying, hey, we 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 want to be free and uh, ban you and silence your voice. I mean, it didn't just two universities ban you uh, from campus. Yeah, they, yeah. Turning Point USA groups. Yes. At Texas Christian University and Baylor University. And as I like to say a lot, Glenn, whatever happens on college campuses will soon happen in corporate boardrooms and in the halls of Congress. And oh, yeah. In the case of the social oh, yeah. media tech companies. You have students that have been indoctrinated on college campuses, graduates, I should say, that are now staffing these tech companies. So the same silencing yeah, of free speech yeah. that you've been covering for the last decade, it doesn't go away. It just, it just transfers to a different right. type of campus, not a college campus, but the campus of Facebook. What really concerns me about the Facebook example, and I spoke out about this in my podcast uh, today, this morning actually, was that the, the Facebook, if Facebook was required by a judge or a police uh, force to take down the event, I have no problem with that at all whatsoever. 
But the problem is that Facebook is now playing the government's role. They're playing jury judge and executioner on, yes. and almost playing moral referee saying, oh, we don't like this. We think it violates guidelines. No, 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 no. You should keep that up unless a judge comes to you with a court order. Then you take it down. That's reasonable. And what's amazing, Glenn, I can't tell you how we have pleaded with Facebook asking them to take down violent Antifa event. Oh, yeah. Organized groups, I know. And they refused to do it. I know. I know I I've we've done it as well. Um, Charlie, the the do you believe the governors when they said that we didn't call Facebook, Facebook called us? I I mean, we'll never know, but I think there might be some truth to that. I mean, again, they're, they're trying to displace blame on the other side. But from based on the same story, I I read that you read. Yeah, I think that Facebook might have had a revolt within their company of late 20 somethings and early 30 something of tech tech engineers in their company that came from some of the hyper elite college campuses that believe that they need to play their role in stamping out the conservative influence in America. And I think it's perfect, perfectly reasonable to speculate that Facebook considers themselves to be so powerful, so omnipotent, so omniscient, that they need to exercise that power to make, quote-unquote, a better world, when in reality they're doing the exact opposite. Founder and president of Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk, thanks for being on with us. You can follow him at TPUSA, uh, uh, also Charlie at CharlieKirk11, uh, and TPUSA.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. So what happened yesterday with oil has never happened before, and it will happen again, probably in the next couple of weeks. Oil is back up to $20 a barrel today, uh, but yesterday it was trading for negative $30 a barrel. Negative $30. Uh, this time yesterday, it had already fell. Uh, it had already fallen. I think forty-five percent in its price, uh, and that was at twelve dollars a barrel. It fell forty-five. Forty-five percent. By the end of the day, it had fallen three hundred and five percent. So why? What happened? Well, we're at the end of the month, and something called oil futures come due. And you've heard for years about oil speculators. These are the people that can either drive the price of oil down or up. Uh, They speculate that at the end of the month, oil is going to be worth this amount. And they hope to be able to um, uh, make money by selling that contract. They said oil's going to be at $20 a barrel. And that a month ago, that would have been crazy great. Uh, Now, today, with all of the oil, nobody wants oil. So you might have a contract where I can buy oil at $20 a barrel, but everybody's saying, I'm full. I don't have any place to put it. And so these speculators were then there standing there holding that contract saying, "Uh, wait, I don't. I don't actually have a place. I'm in, I'm in a you know glass tower in New York City wearing a suit. I don't have a place to put oil. I I just take the contract out and I'm supposed to sell it to one of you guys. And you guys are supposed to store it someplace. And all of the people standing around going, yeah, I don't have any place to store it. 
Now, this happened to West Texas oil because it's landlocked and you have to take delivery in a place called Cushing, um, Oklahoma. Cushing, Oklahoma, that's where all of the pipelines run into. And so uh, when when the oil is pumped, it's pumped to Cushing, Oklahoma, and you take it from there. You have to store it there and then you can fill up the trucks and, you know, take it to the refineries. Well, there is no storage in Cushing, Oklahoma. The, it, everything is full. As I've been telling you for a while, there's going to come a time where oil is in the negative range. Well, it happened yesterday. So we have so much oil that there is no place to put it anymore. And it's especially bad because this is landlocked oil. All of the all of the pipelines that run from West Texas and all of the oil here in America goes to the goes to Oklahoma and rerouting it to a port. I don't even know if you can. I don't know how that works, but this oil has to stop there. So there is no more room. So this means a couple of things. First of all, ah, the oil speculators got crushed yesterday. And it makes me happy because he was standing out on the street going, OK, how about five dollars a barrel? Uh, how, about, how about how about how about how about I just give you the oil? You won't take it from me. Uh, OK, I pay you five dollars a barrel. I tell you, it got to thirty dollars. I will pay you thirty dollars to take this oil from me. OK, it wasn't the oil company that was having to pay. It was the speculator who had that contract for delivery. He had to cough up that money. So he had to cough up the money for all of that oil. And then finally, somebody said, all right, at that price, I can find some place to store that oil. So they stored it. But it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So here's here's what this means. This collapse has been engineered by Russia and a little bit by Saudi Arabia, although Saudi Arabia is kind of on our side, at least I think as much as they're on anybody's side. Um, but uh, they caused this by turning on oil production at 20 percent right before covid hit. So they said, we're going to turn up oil production about 20 percent and we're going to cause the price to go down. Russia was doing it to collapse us. Saudi Arabia said, oh, really? Well, let's see who can last longer, you or me. And so Saudi Arabia opened up the spigot all the way and said, we're just going to we're going to pump and pump and pump at full bore. Let's see who could collapse and who uh, who can last, because both of those economies are oil economies. So the oil uh, is what's paying for their government, their stipends, their Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, all of that stuff. Both of these countries collapse if oil prices collapse. So they're playing a game of chicken. Well, we are caught up in it because we're also playing the game of chicken. Uh, Rick Perry was on just, what, last week saying that we really we really need to uh, stop producing so much oil. The reason why we can't is you just don't shut an industry down as we're finding out with America because we've shut America down because we're no longer flying because we're no longer driving in our cars every day because we're headed into the summer and we don't need heating oil. 
the need for oil is almost stopped. It's almost at zero. It's never happened before in the history of the world. So Texas is the only one, and I shouldn't say Texas, American oil companies, uh, the ones that are drilling for oil and getting it out of shale and everything else, all this great technology that made us energy independent in the last year, all of that now is at risk because once you shut it down, it has lasting effects. You can't just turn the entire industry off and then come back to it. Do you remember when when Barack Obama said that we're no longer going to drill in the Gulf of Mexico? If you remember that series of shows I did where I was explaining how drilling actually works in the water, those giant platforms are not owned by these companies. They are rented. And that drilling equipment is wildly expensive. And they're leased for decades. When Obama said we're not going to drill in the Gulf anymore, at least put a moratorium on it for, I think he said, a year or eight months, something like that. That made those leases lapse and expire. And those drilling rigs, and he knew exactly what he was doing, those drilling rigs were taken elsewhere and someone else took them to drill elsewhere in the world and not America. We don't get those back. It's not like they're just short-term lease. That's like 20 years that those will be there. And you don't just rebuild uh, an oil platform. Same now with the Texas and the American oil industry on land. You don't just shut it down and then reopen. Five million people will lose their jobs. President Trump now is faced with, do I bail out? Can you imagine this with uh, Ocasio-Cortez and the left? Do I bail out the oil market in America? Do I, do I just pay for it to stay open, even though we don't have any place to put the oil? This is a strategic necessity. We cannot lose our oil industry. Now, this is usually the time that wars are started because Russia is faltering because no, there's no demand for oil. They have to have it or they will collapse. And you're not playing around with a sane guy. You're playing around with Vladimir Putin, who will kill anyone just so he survives, let alone Russia. He is on the verge of collapse. Saudi Arabia, it's why they're beheading so many people. It's why they're getting so nasty. It's why they've, they've gone around and kidnapped all of the royal princesses and princes and all of the, the royal family because they need the money. They're, they're taking these people and putting them in jail and, and saying, that the, well, they were doing fraud so they can seize all of that wealth. Because Saudi Arabia is only held together by the money they give the people. Because it's a little like Alaska. You get a check from uh, Alaska for all of the oil that is, is drilled. The same in Saudi Arabia, except it pays for your whole lifestyle. Nobody in Saudi Arabia, no Saudis actually work. They're all basically playboys because everybody gets a share of the oil. So what is Donald Trump going to do uh the first thing i would recommend is i know this is going to make a very small dent but get in your car today and drive 
Get in your car and just go take a long drive. Get in your car. If you haven't filled it up, go fill it up. We've got to move some of this oil. We've got to start consuming oil. One of the reasons why we have to go back online. We have to use this oil. Otherwise, our Navy and our airplanes, they can't fly. And if we go to war ever, we cannot be beholden to anyone else on oil. That's why Germany lost. They lost because they just couldn't handle the oil consumption. They had to have oil to run everything and to make um, giant refineries to be able to have petrol so they could fly and, and sail. That's what we were doing in Saudi Arabia, and that's what they were doing in Saudi Arabia and Egypt as well. They needed the oil of the uh, Middle East. Now, this goes to something else. Our ethanol industry, uh, a lot of byproducts come from ethanol. Well, we're not making ethanol. So now corn futures are down about 20% because we use so much corn in ethanol. So now our corn farmers are going to be really hurting and they're not going to be planting as much corn. What does that mean? What does that mean for all of the byproducts from ethanol? This is the beginning of something called deflation. And it's something that Americans have never seen. And it will seem like a good thing at first. Deflation is what's happening right now at your gas station. Here in Texas, you can buy a gallon of gas for a dollar nine. That's pretty great. Everybody's like, whoa, that's great. I think in California, it's still like $16. A gallon. The reason why you can now see what your state charges in tax. Again, in Texas, it's a dollar nine. What are you paying? Because everything over that, almost everything over that, is taxes. So I know in Connecticut, it's over three dollars a gallon still. That's your state robbing you blind every time you go to the gas station. What is it in California? That's your state robbing you blind every time you go to the gas station. They've made you hate the big oil industry, but it's not oil. It's the big government industry that is really raping you at the gas pump. So we're having deflation now, and it seems like it's a good thing, but it's not as it continues, because as this continues, more and more things will lose demand. For instance, the big thing that will affect you is a house. You won't be able to sell your house because your house will be worth 50% less. When your house is worth 50% less, can the bank repossess? I don't even know. When, you're, when your house is not worth what you paid for it and you, own, you owe a lot of money, uh, you better not miss a single payment and you can't get out of it. So everybody else around you, they if they don't own a house, they can go and buy a house at 50 percent less. But you can't because you'll have to cough up all of that money when you try to sell it. There's plenty of money, but nothing our money can buy. That's a line from uh, Rudyard Kipling. 
And that poem has become more and more accurate every single day. There's plenty of money. But what are you buying? And when deflation is over, then you hit hyperinflation. It goes from the opposite. All of a sudden, everything becomes wildly expensive because like in Venezuela, when you debase the money, that's when uh, it's worthless. It becomes worth less and less until it becomes worth less. That is the end of this cycle. 